Hey everybody, welcome to Mark Bell's Power Project Podcast. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Piedmontese Beef. And Seema, can you tell me what you had for dinner last night? You know what I'm going to definitely tell you and you're going to enjoy it? Uh, you'll enjoy it. But I want to <laughs> quickly mention, the holidays are coming. So uh, Piedmontese is a really awesome company that if you have a company that has maybe 20 to 500 employees, what better gift to give them than the gift of Piedmontese beef. Nice. But Piedmontese, they, they partner with companies and they make it easy to help give your employees really healthy meat options as a gift. So check that out. Now, in terms of what I had for dinner, you know, certain people really think that ground beef is like the most, I guess, boring type of beef. Mm-hmm. But the thing about the Piedmontese 8515 is that it's just so good. So I legit just made that up, had some cheese, ate the whole pack. It was amazing. I, 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 I never you I can never go wrong with any cut of beef or especially the ground beef that uh that comes from Piedmontese. For more information, please head over to Piedmontese.com. That's P-I-E-D-M-O-N-T-E-S-E dot com at checkout. Enter promo code Power Project for twenty five percent off your order. And if your order is ninety nine dollars more, you get free two day shipping. Helped my career more than I've helped the name, but you know, <laughs> like we we've it's kind of like I want to say it's kind of an alter ego almost kind of dream thing. killer dream killer yeah it's, it kind of happens more like at the gym more than anything else so does it happen like out of frustration or like what does it feel like to turn into the dream killer it's not like turning into it it's just like i start I, when i get to that mode and, I'm, and i feel like i'm in that flow state like that's when i'm like i'm it doesn't matter what they're gonna do it doesn't matter like i get you know there's a and i'm sure you feel it too like there's a time that you walk in the gym and you're like, yep, today's the day. Nothing can face me. Like, doesn't matter how wrong it goes. Doesn't matter how good it goes. Like, nothing can face me. Doesn't matter what anything happens. It's how, like, my day is going to go this way regardless. How'd you get the nickname Dream Killer? So, Whose dreams did you shatter? <laughs> <laughs> so when I was 18, uh, Karrion would partner me up. But there will always be people that will come through the gym, bigger guys. And they would come around and try to, you know, like, they'll either beat up the girls or, like, beat up people smaller than them or, like, anything like that. Or try to go too hard or not respect the rules of the gym. And he would partner me up with them. I was 135-pound little kid. Walked around, wait, 135-pound, 140-pound kid, 18 years old, cocky as shit. Just ready, you know, like, I was a different person than what I am now. And he would just partner up with them, and I w- it would always go my way. I tore, I've tore at least three ACLs of, <laughs> lo- of leg kicks, um, because I was that guy. I was, I was that guy that he would put against, and that's why the Dream Killer came out. And just then, basically kind of see like if if somebody was really fit for the gym, almost right? Yeah, yeah, de- definitely, definitely came like that. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it just happened to be like that. I was a, I was a little shit, man. I was a little shit, and. <laughs> And Karen, I, Karen will always put me with those people that would get out of control. And it's like, you know, that's exactly how I would go. Yeah, you've been with Karen since you've been really young. Has he uh, kind of like mentored you a lot outside of the ring as well? And maybe uh, maybe taught you how to control some of that stuff so you're not doing that kind of shit outside the ring? And not I've, thinking definitely, you're- I've definitely become a better person uh, being with Karen and having Karen in my life. I was... Uh, I used to be very cocky. I used to be very different than the person that I am now. And I'm still working on myself every day, man. Uh, but yeah, being around Kirian and uh, growing up completely different. I grew up in Peru. I moved here when I was 13 years old. And when I moved in with him, it was, uh, things changed completely for me. Uh, moved in when I, with him when I was Shit, 16. I lived with him since I was 16, 17. I finished my last year of high school with him. And 
And yeah, man, I mean, he's been a huge influence in my life and I'm thankful for everything he's done for me. Thankful for everything. You know, MJ, thankful, mm -hmm. thankful for everything MJ has done for me and thankful for the community that they've created at CSA gym. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I'm almost about to tear up right now. Yeah. He's, well, uh, they probably, um, so then you probably really defend, you're like a defender of the gym. Like when someone new comes in and they're not respecting the gym, mm -hmm. I'd imagine that probably really impacts you a lot. In, or in, it used in, to. In, it used to a lot. I, I definitely changed my ways a little more, and I've, I've, cha I'm trying to channel that energy and, you know, and being more of a leader now and try to motivate people around me versus, you know, being that guy. I'm not, I'm not a little kid anymore. You know, I'm 28 years old. I just turned 28 uh, the 14th of September. So, I'm definitely trying to like use what I have and use my God-given talents and everything that I've been able to work for uh, to motivate people. You know, I want to motivate people and I'm nowhere near where I want to be. And that's okay. Cause at least I have a goal and at least I can get to where I, I can look forward to that. And that's what I want to do. I just want to want to become more of a leader around the team. And I want to motivate people, not just at the gym, but all around the world. You know, I want do you to feel like you were, do you feel like in some way you were gifted this? I mean, cause you're a very, very high level fighter. You've been mm -hmm. doing it for a long time and I don't want to take away any of the hard work. I know there's so mm -hmm. much hard work yeah. and dedication that goes mm -hmm. into it, but still, like a lot of people try and they don't mm -hmm. do so great. Like you feel like you may have when they came when they came to striking. Um, grappling has been obviously a little different, but when it came to striking, the f the f the second that I stepped into the gym, it just felt like home. Mm -hmm. And my dad started first uh, back in Peru in Lima, Peru. Uh, we started going to this gym called F14. Uh, we were just doing Muay Thai at the time, and at first I would just go watch him, just watching and watching and watching, and eventually I started trying it out. And a few months later, I had a fight. I had no clue. I had no idea, like, what to feel. I was so young. I just was kind of like, just brought up into it. Mm -hmm. And How old were you? I was 11 at the time. Okay. My first fight when I was 12. Uh, I took a little bit of a break. Uh, we moved to the north of Peru, and uh, I was just kind of being more of a surfer at that time. There was, like, a year in between. And then we moved here. Uh, we moved to East Palo Alto, where my grandparents li lived. Um uh, and that's how I started, man. We started. I started going to this boxing gym this, in East Palo Alto, and then I found Fertex down the Fertex um, in, in Mountain View down the street, and started training. And before I knew it, I had another fight coming up, and the rest is history. Met Kirian, and here we are. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Dang. So when you started, like, when did you start fighting professionally? <sighs> I believe I was twenty, twenty-one. So about. I think I was 20. I believe I was 20. I was 20 when I started fighting professionally, but I was fighting adults long before that. I was fighting adults. I was, um, I was 16, 17, faking that I was 18 at the time. So I, because I, I had run out of juniors to fight uh -huh. and we were fighting any weight class, man. It was, it was from 135 to 160, just trying to get that experience so we can get to that, that goal, which would be go, going pro, you know, just trying to get the most experience that we could possible. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. And for you, it was, it was Muay Thai, boxing, kickboxing. Like, when did you start getting everything together? So I we, we started with Muay Thai. We went professional with Muay Thai at first because it was what I was used to. Mm -hmm. uh, I was in the U.S. national team for Muay Thai. Uh, oh. I was also in the Peruvian national team. I'm a South American champion, uh, two-time South American champion. Uh, and then as we made the transition more into, we went pro, you know, the more I did this, I was like, well, I want to try kickboxing. And then, okay, well, I want to start making that transition to MMA. You know, I started watching the UFC and watching Bellator and watching everything. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to do that. So Karen's like, okay, let's go. He's never, the, 
the beautiful thing about our relationship is he's never tried to yeah he's always tried to steer he'll always steer me in the right ways but he's never like no you should do this or no you should do that or like i don't think you should go pro i don't like he's always being very honest about his advice and everything that you know with everything so i've always been very thankful with with the things that he has to say about me things with the same thing with mj starting so young with fighting did you maybe look at fighting differently like because it sounds like i would imagine if you start young and you learn the skill of fighting that's mm -hmm. different than just like want to beat people up in the street or did you do that too <laughs> so when i first started i was a very angry kid you know and being honest with you my parents divorced when i was when i was eight uh that was a huge thing for me and and this is something that i still deal with uh at a time you know i, I literally like i just found like I just found that to be such a big thing that dragged me, you know, dragged me in my life for so it long. It hurts a lot of people. And I think I've seen people torn apart more than that, than not having an, another parent at all, which yeah. is, you know, sounds strange. Cause and you I had no clue, man. I honestly yeah. no, had no clue. It really this, impacts people. And it's not till I started like looking at myself and like really like looking in the mirror and be like, what, what is it that, that makes you this way? You know? And I found that to be such a huge thing for me. So I was able to call my parents and be like, Hey, I forgive you mm. and I'm sorry for acting this way for all these years. You know, that it must was, have been a big phone call. Huh? It was that must huge, have been hard it to was make. Huge cause I, I mean, I left my mom when I was 13. I left Peru and my mom let me come here, mm. you know, and it was, it was huge to, uh, to do that. Cause I have two little, two little sisters and a brother and, you know, and like, I've always been very distant and to be able to like move forward with, from that and being like, you know what? I love you guys. And you know, you've always been great to me. And like, I'm sorry if I was a, an, any different way you know, right. that I should have been. It's there. hard as a, it's hard on both sides of it. You know, as mm -hmm. a kid, you're going through it for the first time. Mm -hmm. And as a kid, you think your parents don't know anything that you're talking about or anything that you're going through, but they actually do because mm -hmm. they went through it themselves. Yeah. Yep. Um, but the weird thing is that the parents are going through it with you for the first time. Yep. And that's yep. what's hard. So when the kid, you find out the kid smokes pot, you find yeah. out the kid got into a fight, you find out the kid... You know, it's doing whatever, whatever the hell kids, you know, yeah. whatever the hell kids get into. Uh -huh. uh, you don't know how to, you don't have, you don't know how to, you have no idea how to react. What do you do? You punch a hole in the wall, you yell at the kid, kick him out of the house. And that was the what thing. Are they, that, what yeah. are the options? You give him love, you give him a hug, say, hey, I love you. Like, you don't need to act mm -hmm. this way. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. But yeah. there's no, there's no right or wrong. There's and, nothing that's going to stop it. And like it I said, I was very angry and like talking to you guys about it. I, I, I finally figured out that like I, I channel all my energy into either surfing at first and then fighting. That's all I channel my energy into. You know, that's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to train. I wasn't like going out to high school parties or anything like that. I was just wanting to train. And when I didn't, my dad would be there for me and be like, no, you have to train. And now I always have that discipline with me, you know, and I was thinking for that, you know, and like I said, like, I, I also had to forgive, I had to forgive myself and forgive them, you know, because he didn't know how to be a parent. My dad was 21. You know, my mom was 20. They didn't know how to be parents to me, you know, and the fact that it didn't work out, it made me the person that I am now. And I'm thankful for that. It's know? easy to see as an adult, like, Oh, it didn't work out. Like that fucking happens to tons of people. Exactly. It's actually very normal. Like yeah. it's not, it's not, uh, it's not weird. Yeah, it's not. And I'm thankful that they learn with me. And now like with my brothers and my mothers, my new, my, my younger siblings, they can be better people. You know, that makes me happy. Mm -hmm. You know, it still hurts at times. You know, like, fuck, like that could have been me. You know, like it happens, you know, but, I'm thankful for that. And you I, say and the I, uh, first man through the wall gets bloody, and that's yeah. the first kid. 
And the first kid gets fucked up because the parents don't know what they're doing yet. Exactly. But I, I've, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful for everything that I've been through in my life. And, you know, it's made me who I am today. It's made me a strong person. And I'm looking forward to doing more things with that, you know, now that I can leave that behind. So you know? I'm curious, like when you were a teenager, how did you come to like stay with Kirian? Because you, you came here with your dad. So how did that happen? So I moved here with my dad and um, then my dad had a new, uh, a, a new marriage. Uh, his, in his new marriage, he found that he wanted to go back to Peru. Mm. When he wanted to go back, I was like, I want to stay. I live here. This is my new home. And I had already met Karen at the time. I was commuting to Dublin uh, from Palo Alto. I was a junior in high school commuting every day, back and forth. <laughs> Karen would give me 20 bucks of gas uh, every couple of days or whatever. Wow. And he supported me through all that. And I was like, dude, I'm really tired, man. Like, I'm tired of driving. Like, I was, I was, I mean, I was doing everything that I need to do to be a good student so I could train. Because if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be able to train because my parents were like that. And my grandma was like that. And eventually I was like, dude, just, just move in. Like, he, like, we, obviously we talked about it. He talked to Jessica. They opened their, their doors to me and they became a home for me, you know? And, and I'm happy that I was able to have, I didn't have a family like that growing up, mm. like them, you know, a, a uh, a happy marriage uh, that's wild too because you got to keep in mind they got their own kids yeah and that's and a big deal taking somebody it is, else it is a big taking deal taking in another teenager fuck that yeah <laughs> i was i was a senior in high school and they you know and i caring was supporting me through everything they supported me through deal. everything him I'm, I'm so thankful him and jessica like thank you guys like really yeah everybody uh, i believe that everyone gets a shot from somebody you know and not, not it's not always that kind but yeah uh i mean that's really really amazing and i think that you know fortunately no matter how bad your life is it seems like there's always somebody yeah that picks you up or there's somebody that's a mentor there's somebody that cares just enough about your grandma and aunt somebody yeah somebody comes along somewhere along the lines yeah i mean yeah i've I've always had that with my you know my grandpa passed a year ago and that, he was that person for me you know but Kieran's always been there for me he from from the minute that we met, I mean, he didn't like me very much at first. Really? No, he hated me. <laughs> hated my guts. Like I said, I was a cocky kid. Uh, I thought, you know, I I thought I was the shit, you know, and I I wasn't. I I you know I was nowhere near where where I want to be. I'm still nowhere near where I want to be. Mm. Uh, but yeah, man, we didn't like each other. I didn't like. Kieran's fucking crazy. Like he, like <laughs> it's very hands on. Like he's he's been holding mitts for you for how long? For years. And he's but he won't let anybody else do it. Yeah, I, it's not I mean, that I'm he sure you that, get training in with other not, people. But. I get training with other people. I've been working with Mike Basel um, mm -hmm. out at Aloha, Aloha Time Boxing in San Mateo, and we've been working a little with my hands a little bit. So I'm, I'm improving there. I'm excited nice. to show that uh, on my next fight. Yeah, he was telling uh, me though he like he has to feel even though it's killing him, mm -hmm. his elbows like his whole body's fucked up. Yeah, but they, he said that he needs the Felix. He needs yeah. to know kind of where you're at. Yeah, that's skinny carrying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that was recent. <laughs> no, it wasn't recent. But uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, my, my game has. We just have such a. We've developed this relationship that he doesn't even have to say anything. We will just flow, you know. But at times, you know, he'll 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 stop and correct me and say the things that we, he needs to say, and you know, and we, we just keep improving, and that's 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 the whole game, right? Just trying to be better than you were yesterday, and that's what I'm trying to do right now, man. That's my whole game right now. Just trying to be better than I, than I was yesterday. And like trying to set goals and trying to set small goals throughout the day. Like having a schedule, uh, sticking to that schedule to the best of my abilities, you know, cause there's, you never know. There's, mm -hmm. there's certain things that, that happen. Can't get to everything every day. Exactly. Unfortunately, yeah. I, unfortunately you can't, 
And that's, but that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to accomplish that. And, and I'm trying to communicate when I'm, when I'm feeling with myself and with my coach, like not let my ego get in the way be like, no, push through that. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes you need the push, but sometimes you gotta be, you gotta be an athlete and be like, no man, like relax. There's always the next day still let's recover today and let's come back stronger tomorrow. Yeah. And I'm sure you can relate. Absolutely. You know, you said that, uh, you were like an angry kid. And obviously it's great that you had the outlet of fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm always curious about this with fighters. When you are, you know, you're sparring or you're getting ready for a fight or you're actually fighting, do you um, associate a lot of anger with that? Like when you're actually having to fight people, do you use anger or are you just like, because you mentioned I the used flow state to, I used to at first. Now I try to be an assassin in there emotions and fighting don't go well together at least Mm -hmm. for me at least for me they don't work out you know i I can't be angry in there i need to see everything and i treat it like a business transaction man i'm there to just be better than the other guy and every day i treat it like that you know that's how i gotta be i gotta show up to the office and go like you can't be angry in the office right so it's the same way it's the same way that i try to be and some and some people and it does that just because it works for me doesn't mean it works for everybody and i'm still every day i'm trying to adjust and trying to find my groove and trying to become better you know, become just better. And you find that I used to be very angry. I used to be very emotional. That's essentially, that's how the name dream killer came. Cause I was emotional and I was, I was that angry kid and I was able to, uh, doesn't matter. Put him in front of me. I don't care. You know, dream killer. And then now that I'm maturing and becoming a, you know, the person that I, the, the athlete that I want to be, mm-hmm. I'm trying to, you know, complete the circle, become better all around, not be just a striker that can stop takedowns, but become uh, an offensive wrestler, uh, become better on the ground, become better all around, you know, become a better striker. Just because I, I've been a striker doesn't mean I'm the best striker, you know? So I'm trying to j- just keep evolving, man. That's right now. Like that's, that's my season. That's, I just want to keep evolving as a person, as an athlete, uh, as a human all around. Is that yeah. the hardest, is that the hardest thing? Like is, I mean, ultimately, cause like I think in other sports, you know, you got other people to rely on, you play yeah. basketball or mm-hmm. football, there's other yeah other people on the field and you can blend in and take a playoff and stuff mm-hmm. like that here and there. But there's no, there's no real breaks when it comes to mm-hmm. fighting. And it, it ultimately seems like when I talk to a lot of fighters, mm-hmm. it seems like it's kind of them going against themselves. And I think that's why the movie fight club was such a huge hit. Cause ultimately it was, him it that was, he was yeah, that fighting was, against the whole that time. That was the theme. Yeah. hundred percent. And yeah, you got to get out of your own way. And I know so many fighters that are great. And I mean, myself included, I, sometimes you can be as good as you want and you can be, really good at the gym but those emotions get in your way you get in your way you know you get in your own head and and that's where that's where you gotta be you gotta have those people to keep you in check and keep you accountable and self-accountability is a huge thing too you know if you're not if you think you're the best and you're already there where you're at and you've done enough or whatever like you're not gonna get anywhere i think a big thing that happens is because you might be doing really well everyone's thinking okay well this is the way Mm-hmm. And all I got to do, if I if I hook up with Dream Killer mm-hmm. and I'm part of his crew, yeah. all I got to do is make sure he's on the same path. Yep. But that's actually not true. What I would need to do to make sure you're on the best path is to say, hey, that training session looked like fucking shit today. Yeah. And you know it. And you dogged it. And that was mm-hmm. crappy. Yeah. And we need to fucking do better than that. And that's why I that's love Kieran. That's right? why I love Kieran, because he'll tell me exactly where it went wrong or when it went wrong, because he knows me that well. He's like, well... I think you threw this one jab and you hyperextended your elbow and everything went to shit from there. You're 100% right. But that used to be me. Now, can we can we hyperextend our elbow in that jab 
but still have a good session? Can we get taken down and just get back up? Can we have a bad round and switch that? You know, that's a, uh, it's, it's fighting, man. It's fighting. And like you were talking about, like with fighting is completely different. Like you have two people and they're fighting for, for money, fighting for glory. They're, we're not playing basketball. <laughs> we're not playing football. We can't rely on the team. Yeah, you have a team, but it's still you in there against yourself and against the other guy. You know, you, it's not sorry to mean to cut you off. Do you think that, um, like that's a natural progression, like for a fighter, like you, you said you did use the anger mm-hmm. and then now you, you're like an assassin. Mm-hmm. So if like, there's a younger fighter listening, they look up to you and there's like, well, shit, I'm, I'm angry. And that's all I know. Does yeah. that mean I don't have what it takes? Or do you think like, it's kind of like I said, like a progression that it needs to happen. I believe that it's all about balance. And the more you're in the game, the more, the more you figure out yourself, you know, the more you, you find what works and what wasn't, what doesn't work for you. Yeah. Some people need that. Some people need that. Like, I, like, yeah, I want to, yeah, I want to beat the shit out of this guy. I want to beat this guy. And we all want to beat the other person, you know, but some people use the anger and channel that. And some people, it works better for some people, that emotion, that raw, and some people get caught like that because they can't use it. I'm one of those people. I can't have emotion like that in the gym. I need to be, I need to be clear-minded and I need to be focused and I need to know exactly where, where I'm going at all times. Have you been able to beat anybody uh, in your belief like that was better than you just because you maybe got in their head or they were nervous about your elbow or they were nervous about a particular style of fighting that you bring to the table? Well, that's 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 all fighting is essentially. You want to be, you you know, we're, we're fighting people that are just as good as us or better. You know, and in any given day, that person can be better than you. Mm-hmm. And in any given day, you can be better than them. You know, what, what are we bringing to the table on this specific day? You know? Yeah. Cause you may have, yeah. If you fought five times, could be some different results, right? Or yeah. Or you know exactly how they fight. They fought, you know, they fought your teammates or they fought someone that you know, and you've watched all, all their fights and you know, you're better than them, but maybe on that specific day, you're not. And you see that all the time in fighting, whether it's a UFC, Bellator or anywhere, you see that all the time. It's just about being able to stick to your game plan and f- make your opponent fight their B plan. Mm. That's it. That's what fighting is. If you can stick to your game plan and you can... Have you yeah. had that happen before in the ring where you're like, fuck, this ain't working? <laughs> All the time, man. All the time. I have, I have rounds Coach, like that. Coach, yo, like, hey, I, I have we talked about like this, that. it's not working. Yeah, and we talk. I mean, like, I mean, my last fight That's was... That's got to be kind of scary, actually. My last <laughs> fight was, a, was, I felt good. I felt really good. Um, I mean, a lot of people say I won. I don't, I don't care about that. I don't care about... You know, like at the end of the day, I didn't win. You know, I need to, I, I'm like, what, what do we need to do here? What are the adjustments? I felt, I felt good to this point. Yeah. When some, so, lose some, who's to say, what doesn't really matter. You got the L and you got to try to move on from it. Right? Exactly. It's not moving on. It's just like, okay, what led to that? What led to that, to that loss? What do we need to work on to improve? You know, and that, and that's something that, like I said, self accountability, it can, tra- it can, go all around in all aspects of life in all sports it's all it's all about self-accountability and like being able to like look at your own shit <laughs> I, I know that there's like not really i guess a formula right but coming from a fighter i want to know your opinion mm-hmm. on this mm-hmm. obviously you started with muay thai so you started as a striker but when you look at all the different martial arts that are compiled mm-hmm. into mma how would you on the broad scheme of things rank like maybe what's the most difficult thing to learn or maybe what are the maybe the most important skills in terms of these different martial arts to have how would you rank them in terms of effectiveness i mean rank i you can't i don't think it's something that you can rank you can't rank you can't rank i mean what do you prefer to bench or squat uh squat (laughs) 
Okay. Okay. I get what you're saying. You get what I'm saying. Like, what's your better lift? You know, like what? But you, I understand though. You understand it's, it's what like, I'm saying? Though, it's like right? Israel Adesanya. Like he's yeah. a super skilled striker. And he's, a, he's an assassin. Grappler, but and, yeah. and yeah, and you have two different. In, in any given day, you know, it can it can go Swing all around. Miss. You see, you see, you, yeah. it can go either way. Fucked yeah. up his analogy, man. <laughs> I know you <laughs> fucked it up. Stole his nick- even stole his nickname. Now you're the dream killer. Damn, like uh, that, be like that sometimes. Huh? Two seconds. Yeah, but I get like when you when you when you watch fights, it's like mm-hmm. you know sometimes like even though another guy's really good mm-hmm. at grappling, the striker yeah. just pieces him up. You know, so you can't say grappling's better. Styles make fights, man. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Styles make fights, and whoever's better prepared. For that given night, is what's gonna win. Who can who can execute the game plan the best? I think I have a better one for you. Then this one, I think I can get a clear answer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Out of all the martial arts that you've been learning, which one is the was the hardest for you to pick up? I know you've been doing striking forever, but what yeah. do you think's like just Jiu-Jitsu the weirdest? Jiu-Jitsu is really hard, man. Yeah. Jiu-Jitsu is really, grappling that 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 grind that comes from 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 grappling is definitely really hard. As at least for me, coming be, coming from being a a striker and being able to like punch and box and kick and, and everything. And Sima has been saying before that, you know, jiu-jitsu doesn't really make any sense. Like, it, it doesn't, like, uh, if we were to fight, like, I could make some sense of, mm-hmm. like, hey, if I square up against you, mm-hmm. if my shoulders are square mm-hmm. to you, you got more targets yeah. to hit. So yeah, let yeah, me yeah. turn to the side. Let yeah. me try to throw a jab. Let me try to keep my hands up. Like, mm-hmm. all those things make sense. But once yeah. you start doing jiu-jitsu moves, yeah. it's like a t- totally different language. And you have to learn it. You don't all of a sudden, you don't uh, just know it. Mm-hmm. Whereas you might kind of know decently how to throw a couple punches and how to protect yourself. Yeah. Well, it just depends. I mean, the boxing stance can get you. You know, if I'm if I'm way too bladed, I'm gonna get calf kicked. Mm-hmm. You know, but I can land a really good jab. That's what makes really MMA so fucking hard. Yeah. Exactly. MMA styles make fights, man. Style, mm-hmm. Styles make fights, and you know, uh, grappling is really is really hard. And like I said, it's, I feel like it's a never lit, a never ending. Uh, journey when it comes to grappling like if you see jiu-jitsu guys like it's there's so many positions and so many and i think that's all around in martial arts you never stop learning you never stop evolving and that's at the same time that's what makes it so beautiful man because you never you're never done you're done when you want to hang him up yeah but even then you're never done because then you're a coach and then you're (laughs) you you know you're transferring that knowledge and that's beautiful too and also to this level with this amount of money that's in the game now this is all new so fighting is going to continue to evolve massively over the next several years. I mean, you've seen how different it is now versus like 10, 15, 20 years ago. Like when yeah. Hoist Gracie first stepped foot into the UFC octagon. I mean, I know there's a lot of fighting mm-hmm. before that. Yeah. There's a long history of it. Yeah. But I'm talking about like the monetization and it being in America and the UFC yeah. and all that kind of stuff. No, definitely. And, like, uh, and of course, it's blown up. But also you see like you don't see... Uh, you don't see a really good jiu-jitsu guy not have any striking or any wrestling. Like yeah. you have to be well rounded. It's a different game, and that's ha- I think I believe that's something that's happened in in sports in general. Sports have evolved completely. You know, I, technology. I don't know what it is, but I don't know. We train like everyone's an athlete out there now. If you if you look at a soccer field, you got twenty two guys mm-hmm. that they can all run the same. They're all tall. They're all mus. They're all muscular, and mm-hmm. you know. And then fighting, same thing. Like the top ten, they're all, you know, they're not going to have any holes. Yeah. Know? So as you're as you're training, like each aspect of MMA, how are you able to stay present for that one thing? Like uh, 
let's say you're, you're going up against a good striker, so you're learning some defense or something. How are you able to just really focus in on that one thing and not worry like, ooh, is he working on his ground game right now? Am mm-hmm. I am I doing the wrong thing? Am I focused on the wrong thing right now? Mm-hmm. Like to me, I just feel like. I mean, the thought of fighting another dude just would terrify me. You know, like, that's not something I'm, like... It is terrifying, man. It is (laughs) terrifying. I mean, I'm telling you, I go in there all the time. It's it's terrifying. Fighting is terrifying. So with that, like... It's scary. It's a scary thing to do. You're in there, and you're like, all right, this this cage is logged in, and we're going. Yeah. We're fighting. So, so like, yeah, how are you able to, like, really, like, zone in, focus? So every fight, every week, every training session, Mm -hmm. you know... uh, at least me and Kieran, we talk about things. We we talk about, we have a schedule. We have, uh, and we have a lot of training sessions together, obviously, whether it's sparring or pats or, and then I'll talk, I'll talk to him about it. Like, Hey, today went great. Today didn't, today didn't go so great. And today, maybe I need a day off today. Tomorrow, let's go, let's go, let's take the afternoon off and go harder tomorrow. Um, yeah, it's just about, I mean, and then what happened in each fight, you know, where, where, where are the holes? You know, we just, it's a game of trying to fill in different holes you know, so you're, you don't have any holes and you can be that, you know, that top 10 fighter, that top five fighter, eventually that champion. That's, that's the, that's the goal, you know, for prize fighting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's it like having a fight lined up now when everything was so weird a little bit ago with like COVID and mm-hmm. stuff like that and the gym's closing down? Like it's got to feel good to like concentrate on something and have a mission. Well, definitely having, that was the first thing, man, like when COVID hit, it was just gyms are closed. Everything's closed. You're like, what do you do? You run outside and then, you know, you have the smoke coming up and you can't even run outside. <laughs> all hell's breaking loose. All, hell, all hell's breaking. There's nothing you do, you know. Yeah. I bought I bought a Nintendo Wii, so I'm playing Mario Kart the whole, whole time. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm, still trying, I'm still training, obviously. I, I didn't stop training at all because I, I have access to the gym. Uh, but it changed, man, because, I mean, you don't have as many training partners. Mm. Uh, some people are still really scared. Uh, and regulations, you know, every county is different. Uh, but having something to look forward to, November 19th, uh, Bellator MMA, CVS Sports, that's what I'm looking forward to right now. And that's, you know, every day, every day there's, you know, a certain amount of goals, trying to get those goals and do things. And then, you know, everything's towards that date. And that's what we're looking forward to right now. Is it hard to have any sort of balance in the rest of your life when you're in like a quote-unquote training camp? I mean, that's everything revolves around that training camp. So everything, everything else is kind of ev- shut down. Everything's for you. kind of shut down, like going out, friends, uh, everything. Everything's training, especially right now. I'm driving a good amount compared to what I've done in the in, the, in previous camps. I'm going to Half Moon Bay train with Adam Piccolotti and uh, his coach Raul Castillo, and doing that. Coming here to Sacramento at least once or twice a week. Uh, going to San Mateo, as I mentioned before. So there's a, a good amount of driving. Wow. Um, that's happening there, you know? So, yeah, everything else gets kind of shut down. It's but just at, about the transitions. And at your level, though, it's just about whatever it takes. And it's not, it's not whatever it takes for somebody else, it's whatever it takes for you. So for you, it might take meeting with these different coaches. Someone mm-hmm. else might have it easier because they're naturally talented or whatever it might be, but it's it's for you. And right? that's something that I love about uh, working with Kieran, that he, uh, he can, he he's like, he's that kind of person that we like, okay, this is what we need to work on. And maybe you can't work those things with me. So we're going to go here. Mm-hmm. We're going to go here. We're going to go here. And that's huge. No, that's Having great. a coach that can put their ego aside and their pride aside like that and be like, no, you need to, you should work with them. You should work with this person. You should work with this person. And he's still the head coach. He's still, you know, he's still my dad, mm-hmm. but you know, he, he can, he can do that for me. And a lot of coaches can't, 
a lot of us coaches are not if you're not working with me you're not working with me you work with me or you don't work with nobody else yeah. So I I found I'm finding that balance right now between my training camps and everything that this recipe is working pretty good for me right now. I feel really I, I feel probably the best I've ever felt uh, when it comes to grappling or uh, takedown defense. I'm I'm working. I'm progressing and, and striking you, and I feel really good right now. As we uh, crack open this outright bar, uh, I got to oh. ask you a question about uh, your nutrition. So because I've seen you walk in here with some Monster Energy and a couple of bars and stuff. <laughs> Let us know what you think of the bar first. Yeah, Give us a drum roll, Andrew. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good job, Andrew. I tried. I didn't know you could do it. I've never had cookies and cream peanut butter. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's really good. Shout out to Mark Lobliner in the Outright Bar. Thank you guys for setting us up no with some of these bars. No I like it. Yeah, mm. it's, just, it's basically just honey and peanut butter slapped together. <laughs> and some protein. Yeah. yeah he no, did I love it. He I did a good it. job. That's a good job, yeah. We're just gonna eat the rest of the show. I just you 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 do the rest for a little bit, man. I'm just gonna enjoy this bar. He's got to wipe off a little bit. Um, I really it makes me drool really bad. That's what I meant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does do that. It's terrible. So, what's your nutrition like? So, to make 145, I've never had to. I never had a huge cut, um, and I've always been very. I've always ate clean. Um, I've never had to follow anything too specific until the last couple of weeks. Mm. Um, so I've always just kind of being an athlete about it. Just like I'm hungry, eat. I always I know how to eat clean. I've always ate, I've worked with my Dolce in the past. I work with a uh, Lockhart as well. Um, now I'm, I'm gonna start working with perfecting athletes because uh, I'm good doing a little a little bit of a weight cut. I I fought my whole career um, in Muay Thai, 140 pounds, so six to three and a half kilos or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I felt best at. Uh, but the weight classes don't go like that. There's no 140 weight class. But my next fight will be a 140, uh, which I'm really excited about because I'm going to be doing the catch weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, the goal is to make it down to bantamweight. Um, the one time that I made it down to bantamweight, it didn't work out so well. Uh, little little story. Uh, I was an amateur. I was I was supposed to fight at 142. My opponent pulled out maybe three days before. So I have to make 142. So I'm probably walking around 150, 152. Mm-hmm. 10 pound cut, no, no big deal. Yeah, I'm nothing, nothing major. I'm used to cutting 10 pounds. Um, and then Karen comes back to me. He's like, "Hey man, your opponent pulled out. The only fight I can get you is at 135 with this guy. Ooh. It might have been like three, four days notice. So going from 152 to 135 was huge. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to do that cut. I didn't know how to do it right. I wasn't, and I did it. I made it. Long story short, my nervous system wasn't ready to take no punches all i knew is i woke up and i got knocked out mm. well, dude can i i'm curious about this man because mm-hmm. like you hear about fighters doing weight cuts right mm-hmm. but how long typically do they have before the fight because don't guys like they get to that weight mm-hmm. and then once that's it they rehydrate and they can get maybe up to 15 to 20 pounds heavier on fight day yes 100 percent. so i when I've stepped in the in the scale at 145, the next day I'll be, uh, and I actually have a pretty funny uh, wake up story to tell you guys uh, overseas. But I I'll step in the cage at 160, 161 pounds. Jeez. So that's a, a 16 to 15 pound, wow. and some guys do it even bigger than that. That's the thing. Uh, but I don't cut too much weight, so mm-hmm. getting there is not hard. But I'll still have that rebound. The rebound. But I feel like at 135, I can really be the the be- very best mm-hmm. version of myself if i can do it gradually and i can do it the way that i want to mm-hmm. and i think I, I have a little more knowledge now than back then when i was like yeah i'll do it i'll make mm-hmm. I, i'll fight man like 
you know, meathead back then. Just like, yeah. yep, let's do it. I'll fight. And Karen's like, yep, cool. Sounds good. Um, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that, to that cut. I'm looking forward to like being able to make that weight, uh, and actually rehydrate and actually do it properly. But yeah, I mean, all these guys now, like everyone's got someone, you know, that they're working with. And there's so many companies out there. And like, I'm, I, like I said, I've worked with Dolce before. I've, I've worked with Lockhart. Um, uh, I've never had to do like an extensive, like that, like an eight week or seven week, like this is what you're eating. But that's probably what I'm gonna have to do to uh, to make 135. And, mm. But I'm fine with it. I, I have the discipline uh, to do that. So, and do you? Let me as as an athlete. I'm just curious about just your thoughts on it. Um, would you? Do you think that that's something that should evolve in terms of what athletes need to do to weight cut? I mean, or should athletes just be able to fight at their weight at that class? Essentially, yeah. I mean that that will be. I mean, that's what one championship is doing right now. I don't know if you know what one championship is. Yeah. yeah. So one, they don't have any weight cuts. Oh. They, uh, they do a hydration test, uh, mm. the week that throughout the week or something like that. I heard some people still cheat the system. They'll still cut weight cause there's always ways to cheat the system. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they don't do, they don't supposedly they don't do weight cuts over there. Essentially. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah, that would be the best way to go about it. Just having, this is your weight class and this is where you stay at and just perform. Yeah. No, because like I said, I I feel like this is I know this is the hardest sport in the world, man. Yeah, <laughs> having to cut weight, having to learn different arts, having to keep your cardio up and your strength up, um, and weight cut at the same time, like, and having to fight someone as personal as it gets. You know, mm-hmm. finding someone in a cage locked in is I I think is the hardest sport in the world. Yeah, there's no n- none of them uh, don't have any weight classes, right? Like the UFC used to not have a weight class. I don't think it's just like. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's I mean, like whatever. But I mean, I yeah, think- yeah, there's some jiu-jitsu competitions that they don't have weight classes, mm. and um, I mean, when the, if you go to Thailand, like they don't weigh you in. I mean, <laughs> unless you're going to like the uh, uh, right, when right. the lower level stuff, like they're like they look at you like, yeah, you're about, yeah, you're about, <laughs> yeah. I think you're good. Yeah, you're fighting. Cool. What's the big advantage of somebody being heavier? They're just stronger. I mean, like, I like mean, a, stronger, heavier. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot. You know, there's a lot of things right, that right. definitely like. If I fought, if I were to some fight pluses someone, and some minuses, maybe right. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, if you if you cut too much weight, it will. I mean, I just told you a story about me getting knocked out for cutting too much weight and right. not knowing how to do it, not knowing how to rehydrate. I literally remember cutting weight, and I put on maybe two pounds, three pounds overnight. Mm. So that's how bad my body <laughs> reacted to that cut and to mm-hmm. that rehydration. Wow. You know, and I had cut probably over well over. So I went in there dehydrated, you know, wow. and think about it. My brain, I've been depleting my brain of fluids and water and yeah. and food. So going in there and trying to perform, you're like, mm-hmm. this is different. So, yeah, I mean, the advantage is like, yeah, you're bigger, but it can also hurt you. It can also hurt you really bad. I, you, you hear about fighters. Uh, I don't know if it's the same with powerlifting or when it comes to bad weight cuts, but when it comes to fighting, you have bad People have bad weight cuts all the time. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it happens with lifting quite a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does so in lifting, it doesn't really matter if you're uh, like if you're really like bloated or you feel like you have a lot of like water or liquid floating around. It's like not a huge deal. Or even if you're, you can kind of stuff yourself during the competition yeah. itself and really keep that weight on. But for a fighter, I'd imagine that it might make you feel slow, might make you feel sick to your stomach. So you probably have to be yeah. cautious on how you bulk back up. Right. And that was the thing that I really like uh, using the lock, lock hard. Uh, they kept me fed all throughout the week. And I remember the process, even though I didn't cut too much weight, I was like, 
are you sure you want me to eat this, man? Because mm-hmm. I, I want to make weight. Like, I don't want to not, like, because if you don't make weight, that's, I believe it's 20 or 30% of your purse. Oh, Ooh. shit. You know, and that, that just goes to the other guy automatically without <laughs> even, you don't even have to. That's win. good. I was like, I like that punishment. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you lose, you lose part. If you don't make weight, you lose part of your, your, you know, your earnings. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it's, some, some cuts can go really well. Some cuts can go really bad. And I've, and it's just kind of hard to like, you just got to know what your body is used to and how you can go. And you got to trust if, if you know, if you don't know how to cut, you definitely gotta hire somebody. You know, I've done all my cuts with Carrion. As far as the actual weight loss, the water loss before the weigh-in, uh, I cut, I can cut 10, 12 pounds in a few hours, like two, three hours. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Who decides um, whether or not the fight's still going to happen? Because like, uh, let's say like an up-and-comer, mm-hmm. he's, he has a big fight, like they're going to like, oh, it's the first test of his career. Mm-hmm. What if he can, I mean, I would I would doubt that this would actually happen, but if he's like, well, shit, I just want to make sure I feel the best, so I'm not going to be too stressed about the weight mm-hmm. because I'm just going to give up 30, 30% of my purse, Yeah, but I'll get the accolades from the win. Like, who decides whether or not the fight's going to still happen? So it depends on how much, how big of a, how much you miss by. There, mm-hmm. there are some commissions that are like, okay, if you miss by over five pounds, you can't fight. Okay. You know, or mm-hmm. there's some commissions that are like, okay, you miss by two pounds, you have three hours to make the weight. And if you make the weight, you're good. You know, cause there's a window. There's a, uh, the, it's different with all organizations, but from nine, it's like from nine to 11, you weigh in. So say you weigh in at nine and you miss by a pound. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have two hours to come back and make mm-hmm. the weight. Some guys are done though. Some like, I mean, you, you can imagine sometimes that pound won't go, man. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you do. And once you get to that weight loss, when you, once you get to that point, your body doesn't want to lose any more weight. Mm-hmm. You know? So, uh, answering your question is, mm-hmm. it just depends on the commission. It also depends on some people don't want to like, some people don't want to fight people that miss weight. And I've seen it happen too, you know, cause most, if you look at, um, if you look at, um, people that have missed weight, most of them win after when they miss weight. I don't know what, what, what the, what the number what, is, yeah. what the numbers are exactly, but most people that have missed weight in the past, they end up winning after. Makes sense. Yeah. What'd you say? You, you said that you had a funny story about overseas. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So I, um, I was fighting kickboxing in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, what well, probably one of my favorite fights. Uh, it was in a, in a Coliseum, uh, in Rome. Wow. Awesome. Um, I leave, I leave, um, San Francisco SFO. I weigh myself and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm like a one, one 154. So, and I had to be 145. So I'm like, that's not a big thing. I'm always really good about what I eat on planes and I bring my food and I bring my egg whites, make sure the sodium's low, make sure keep the water intake, like diuretics, all that, like make sure that it can be as smoothly as possible. For some <laughs> reason, man, I think I grabbed like five RX bars and I ate all of them. <laughs> what? <laughs> and you know how much sodium those have? <laughs> and I, I don't know why. I don't know why. I just read like three egg whites. This is like, that's, I'm, I'm this fine. is perfect. This is perfect. This is all I need. <laughs> I get there, I'm 162.8 pounds, and I had to be 145 in maybe two and a half days. Oh, my God. So that's like, what, like 18? Yeah. 18 pounds? Yeah. And and there was no, normally, like, there's a pound allowance, uh, but because it Mm -hmm. was, there's, there's like, you know, you see it all the time, like, unless it's a championship fight, 
you can make up you know if, if the weight class is 145 or 185 you can you can do 146 right because you, you get a pound mm-hmm. i didn't get a pound because of kickboxing i was like 145.2 on the dot i had to make and i look at karen and i was like i don't think I, I had never cut that much weight and i had just ran like four miles and i had like i was probably 20 pounds over man Honestly, if, if we have to be honest here, like I was probably 20 pounds over <laughs> and I get that. I'm like, well, fuck, let's get to it. Yeah. So we get to work, man. Did you make weight? I made weight. I won the fight. But I'll tell you what, going back to that, like I was really scared to get knocked out and uh-huh. I was fighting a power puncher and, but I was really scared to get knocked out. Cause I was like, dude, I don't know if my nervous system can, t- can take this right now. I really don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'm, my chin's there like that. Cause I cut so much weight and that's such, that, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. But I made it, and in between rounds, I remember I took it like he, like I was like he hits hard. I was like, "You're fine, you're doing good." And I, and I had everything in that fight to finish it. I could have finished it, but I was so cautious. Uh, I, it was still a good performance, but it was I was I had that in the back of my head, you know. Yeah. Which actually, essentially, it made me a better defensive fighter for that fight, having the counter fighter. Uh, the guy, that guy's last fight was with Kevin, and he lost a split decision. For the belt, so I was fighting a, a you know a, a heavier puncher, right? You know, and I remember like he hit Kevin a couple times, like, like, and that was in the back of my head. But I was still having that in the back of my head, and having Karen in front of me telling me. And I remember that was it was a beautiful it was a beautiful fight, and it was awesome because I had Karen and Jessica. I mean, oh, friends. cool! Is that, I don't know if you've seen that picture that I posted, but it was yeah, I'm not sure. It was Jessica. Uh, holding the ice and then carrying oh, right from cool. me. I was like, and, and and what I said, I was like, "Well, mom and dad take you to school." <laughs> <laughs> that's and really it cool. was it was awesome, man. It was awesome. It was a great experience. Um, yeah, I can't wait to fight overseas again. Hopefully soon, you know. Hopefully when. Things- Are you uh, sometimes surprised that people still get hit by your elbows? I mean, they should be like knowing that this shit's coming, right? Like, but remember, you know, Chuck Liddell years ago, he'd throw that haymaker right hand, and you're just like, "How's everybody getting killed by this?" Mm-hmm. Or when Ronda Rousey came along, she just got everybody in armbar. But I guess you know when you're fighting and you break someone down, you start to tire them out. It mm-hmm. really doesn't matter if they know it's coming; mm-hmm. you're still able to get it in there somehow, right? I mean, people see the elbow, but they don't. A lot of times, they don't. The the naked eye can see what leads up leads on to that. You know, there's jabs, there's uh, teeps, there's different things that I use to set it up. And at the same time, like I finish people with leg kicks, I finish finish people with body shots. Like that's not the only thing that I have to bring in, especially right, right. now at this moment that I'm trying to develop. Well, they might so be overthinking that, and then they get blasted by something else. Right? And and man, I tell you, I, I have fights that I've tried to land that, and pff, it won't land. And I'm like, let's go to something. And Karen will tell me between rounds, like, hey man, this shit's not gonna land today. Let's go to this. Let's go to the basics. Let's let's fall back on what on the foundation that we have. See if you can that, find a couple of those, Andrew. You're not. You're not. Like he'll tell me, like you're not just a spinning elbow. You can do way yeah. more than that. You can. You're 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 a much more complete athlete than just a spinning elbow. And sometimes, I, when you have those moments and you have those wins and those like those crazy like, I seen this. Like I saw this happening. And yeah, that's my, that's one of my, uh, I believe that's one of my, uh, earlier highlights in my career. I used to walk out with a, with a bandana like that all the time. Look at that. You think, um, a striker, it, like they used to say it about Tyson, you know, they say like a puncher. Ooh, so, <laughs> yeah. They say a, pun- a puncher, in this case, a striker. Yeah, that was a 2017 knockout of the year. Is, uh, uh born and not made. Do you kind of believe something i mean obviously like you you could teach me a bunch of skills and i can learn to punch harder yeah but there is something about 
these guys that can strike really hard like yourself, Kevin Ross, and, and so on, where it's like, man, I don't know if you can really teach that little extra that you guys put on some of these shots. That was uh, oh, that was at the SAP Center. Oh. Dude, that's that is not that's not that's not nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the way you're supposed to behave. Okay, this is a little but out of control. I'll tell you, man. There's no anger behind that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, but I, I can show yeah. you which fights like I've been angry in. Yeah, and those are the usually the best ones. Those are usually the like that one. I was I wasn't angry, but I was trying to. When you're trying to find that knockout, when you're trying to knock people out, something doesn't happen. You got to fall back on those and the foundations and the game plan. Yeah, that was that was probably one of my best fights, one of my favorite fights. Dude, he doesn't know where he's at. Yeah, he's gone, bro. How are your uh, shoulders and stuff? Your body feel real good? Right you know, now? throwing all these shots and your mm-hmm. elbows and stuff. Like, how's everything feeling? I, you know, I've had I've from all the elbows and all the all the little things. Um, I probably have some bone chips in there, but they feel fine right now. Um, uh, I was mentioning to you uh, powerlifting and adding some of these lifts mm. into my training and inc- incorporating it. I I did it early on in my career uh, when I was making one, just 140, and I felt really good. Me and Jessica came up with a plan. We were doing five-by-fives, everything. I felt really strong, uh, but I still felt a little, a little sluggish at that time because I, I don't think I did it right the proper way. And now we have we've come up with a with a good plan and a good way that it works. That's and I, great. I man, I I tell you, man, I I fall in love with squatting. That's it's great. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel strong. I feel really strong. And I agree with you. I hate benching too. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I think I think a little bit of training when it comes to resistance mm-hmm. training, weight training mm-hmm. specifically. Yeah. Um, I think it could just go so far for so many athletes. It doesn't have to be a ton, though, I don't and, think. And it, I'll tell you, I'll squat once or twice a week, and then uh, Jesse showed me how to use the, I don't know, how, what is it called, the, the, the low... Maybe belt squat? The, the, I, think, I think it's the belt squat. It's yeah. the one that you... Yeah, you look, dude, yeah, I, love, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I love that. Love that. I love that. And it translates so well to fighting. And mm-hmm. for people, for fighters out there that are listening, I highly recommend it. You don't have to be... You know, you don't have to just do that, and you yeah. can incorporate it. Like I, I still run, I still bike, I still do conditioning. I'm the lightest I've I've probably been in a minute, and I'm still squatting. Um, I know it's not huge numbers for you guys, but three thirty five box squat five by five. Dude, that's, that's sick. That's, that's crazy. And you're you're what one hundred fifty five. Super strong. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. Felt, and and that was solid. Like that was just with the belt, with, clean like, reps. Yeah, clean reps. I I think I sent you the video. Yeah. And I feel like I can go stronger now. I can probably hit 350 or even beyond. That's, that's sick, man. Dude, that's, yeah. So yeah, I've I've fallen in love with squatting, and I'm I'm I, it's one of my favorite things to do. Actually, I you feel it when you're training now, or you feel it in the ring, like when someone goes to take you down, or someone kicks I mean, you, I'll or you, you kick my, somebody else. I feel I I've never I've never um, had my blood taken in like that, but I feel my testosterone mm. like just went way up. I feel more energized. I feel Fill, filled out your beard a little bit <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. I mean, it's no good, doubt, man. no doubt. But uh, I feel really, I feel really good though. Adding those lifts, mm-hmm. uh, just the squatting. The I think I mentioned some Romanian deadlifts. Yeah. Uh, I love kettlebell deadlifts as well. Just two big kettlebells and just it's all core. It's all it all translates. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love. And, and we you know we do some cleans, we do some benching, some push and pull, some pull ups. Uh, I lift with MJ all the time too. Yeah, we nice. have fun. We have fun with it. Uh, but yeah, my days lifting the carry and those days I work in the squat. 
I love those days, man. I love those days. Yeah. I know my, my day is going to just go up from there. It's just going to be wild. I think a lot of times when people are thinking about, mm-hmm. like, they're going to add weight training, mm-hmm. that they need mm-hmm. to be in the gym for two mm-hmm. hours or something. And it can be fun. So for those people that like it, then, yeah. you know, do whatever's fun for you. Yeah. But I think you can get away with doing, like, just three to five exercises and you can have tremendous results, maybe about three times a week, maybe four, depending on the person. But what do you think, uh, Nsema? Because you've been utilizing a lot of great, a lot of strength training and having awesome results on the mat. So, mm-hmm. what do you think for yourself or for some other people? In terms of like what martial like artists? How, yeah, just yeah, like how much volume maybe that like would be a, a good uh, starting position for them to get better at their game. Uh, I'd say a minimum of two times a week initially right. to start. Like I noticed when I started uh, doing jujitsu training, I had to lower my training in terms of the gym to two days a week because like all that new fatigue i wasn't able to recover but after a while you get used to it. i think like most guys can probably get rid of get away with two to three times a week in terms of training in the mm-hmm. gym but they just don't need to go crazy in the mm-hmm. gym like right now with your in-gym workouts i mean you probably come out feeling pretty good right you don't yeah. feel beat up right? i don't feel beat up that's the thing like i i'm at first yeah leg day would yeah. be leg day but now i'm like I can train after this and I feel good and I feel energized. But I do have a question for you guys is I feel really good when I lift fasted. Me too. I feel great. I feel stronger. Like I feel sluggish. I feel just coffee and maybe some alpha brain and, you know, we'll go on from there, but just no food. Have you added electrolytes to that yet? I have not. Dude. I have not. Dude, add electrolytes into We'll send you home with some today. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. But yeah, I... How do you feel about it, Mark? Do you think fasted or a little bit of food in you? Because so, I've heard, I've heard yeah. both ways. Well, for today, uh, you know, we did a podcast earlier today, and I was going to try going to train after that first podcast, and I had the option to eat or just stay fasted. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I eat, it's just going to slow me down. Yeah. Like time wise, I mean, it's going to take me some time to eat. Then I got to mm-hmm. kind of digest it, and mm-hmm. then it's going to kind of like. It's going to mess up my workout basically because I don't have enough time to let it like sit there. You know, Mm -hmm. if I had, if I had two hours to let Mm -hmm. it digest then maybe I would have chose the eight, but uh, I like training fasted. I I don't think there's anything Mm -hmm. wrong with it. Mm -hmm. I think, I think for a lot of people, they just need to be careful that they don't get too far behind on, Mm -hmm. on the nutrients that they need, you know, and, and Seema was mentioning, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, electrolytes and stuff like that. Super important. But Mm -hmm. I think sometimes there's so much talk about weight loss. I just mm-hmm. kind of worry sometimes that people are going too far down that other side and then they're yeah. not getting their protein in for yeah. the day. Like if it doesn't affect you in the sense that you're still able to get your protein in mm-hmm. for the day and you're still able to get some other uh, good nutrient rich foods mm-hmm. then you're good to go. Yeah. So I'll tell you what I, what I did uh, originally before I started my camp. Obviously when camp comes around, it, I got to eat a lot more because I'm putting, I'm putting out a lot of, I'm working every day, all day. Mm-hmm. So I have to eat. I need those nutrients. But yeah, what you got I like did, 10, 12 hour days or something like that? Not not so extent. I mean, with driving, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a full-time job. But I'll be physically active for about five to six hours a day. <laughs> you know, and that includes running or conditioning and grappling and striking and sparring and drilling and, and, and all of areas. It's not all like that for listeners. Like, it's not all that every day. Some days are lighter. Some days are just two hours of Tactical, many days are tra- three training. different, you know, at least three different workouts, probably at, at many, least, many times. At right? least every day, yeah. So what I was <laughs> doing for a little bit is I was doing fast. I was I was just saying fasted uh, till about one o'clock, two o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then the first thing that I would have would be a juice, just a cold pressed juice. Mm-hmm. And I felt great like that. And I could probably go like that till I'll have, I'll have my juice and I have my protein. 
Uh, I, I was I started drinking this vegan protein about last year. As a, I forget it's not Whole Foods. It's like Orgain or something mm-hmm. like that. A really good protein. Uh, I really really like it. I, I like the way my body digests because I, I used to get I used to drink a lot of whey, and it just it just didn't sit well with me. So I stopped doing that. But I was I found that I still needed to get my proteins in uh, and my nutrients. So right. I found that the vegan protein was actually really really really, really good for me. It, it worked really well for me. That along the juice, I'm ready for another workout. I think it's important to, to figure out what feels good for you. You mm-hmm. know, it's just really important. Like, what what do I run well off of? I mean, you saying that you train fasted pretty often yeah. uh, is a good indication that your metabolism is working really well. Mm-hmm. It sounds like your body is able to say, hey, like, let's use some sugar for this workout. Mm-hmm. Or if it has to, it can say, hey, let's rely on some fat for this, mm-hmm. you know, workout because mm-hmm. we don't, he didn't feed us anything. We don't have any sugar. And I rely a lot on, like, my feels, you know, and how I feel. And it's, it's, this week has just been hectic. I've just been moving. And I, have, I have not been eating nearly as much as I should be. But this is kind of like a, a throwaway week because I was moving and carrying kind of gave it to me. Because my fight got extended, mm-hmm. the, it got pushed back a little bit. Uh, so he kind of told me, like, hey, come in. We're going to get you hooked up, buddy. We're going to get you hooked up with some Piedmontese beef. Mm-hmm. We have, like, some of the best steak. Oh, yeah. It's freaking awesome. We'll, we'll get We'll get a bunch sent out to you. I'm place. excited. Yeah, I'm really excited. But, um, but yeah, man, like, those, uh, I have not been eating enough this week because I've been just moving and doing all these things and still getting my workouts in, but still getting things done and, uh but yeah, I found that fasted work. I mean, my, my, at least one workout of the day has to be fasted, and obviously, it's going to be the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this it doesn't. It's not like just lifting. It's I, it's one of your martial arts ones too. Yeah, I mean, I, I love running fasted. I love, um, and I'm not saying that it is for everybody. Some mm-hmm. people don't like it, and some people it's not for everyone. But I like the mental clarity that I get throughout doing just my first workout. Fasted. Have you been doing this for a while? The fasted workouts? A few months now. A few months and um, Dolce was huge on, on doing uh, fast, some fasted cardio, you know, but then there's the opposite side of that. I will run six miles faster and that's not good. Oh, yeah. That's not good. <laughs> right. That's not good. I agree. You know? That's not good either because then you start breaking muscle fiber and, and you know, you... I would have to say, you know, it really depends on the style of workout that you're about to do mm-hmm. and stuff. If you, if you could think of things this way, if, um, like, let's say you got paid to actually lift weights, right? Like, mm-hmm. say you got paid to work out. And you got paid based off of how you worked out for the day, just mm-hmm. like you get paid for the fight. Like mm-hmm. with the fight, you're not going to choose to be fasted for the fight necessarily. You're probably going to eat, you know, two, three hours ahead of time, make sure mm-hmm. your know, stomach doesn't mm-hmm. get weird or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. If you're to pick up points or, or make money, rather, uh, off of like lifting, mm-hmm. you'd probably choose to eat a little bit of food. Uh, because you would probably have a little bit better performance. You probably would make more money. Yeah. And so if you think about, it just depends on what you're going to do though. Like yeah. how important is that particular workout for yeah. that particular day? And also what does digesting food, does it slow you down? Is it going to feel, you know, crappy when you're trying to do your training? Mm-hmm. And it is all these things, they, they factor in heavily to whether you should eat or not before you do a training session. Definitely. And I agree with that. Cause like, and I look at my schedule, I'm okay. I have this, this and that. Am I going to have enough time to eat be- between these workouts or should I eat now and just rest and then go for my workouts or should I go fasted just all day? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm, I just, I'll just have to really be honest with myself and be like, okay, we should eat now or we should eat later. Or we do you take any supplements, any amino acids or anything like that? Uh, I do take aminos. I do take yeah. aminos. One thing I would just suggest is just like you, your body doesn't really, at least for as far as we understand right now, your body doesn't really necessarily store protein or amino acids. Mm-hmm. Um, for like long periods of time. So mm-hmm. 
that might be something to consider is just you did mention you throw down a protein shake mm-hmm. and you have some aminos. So that, that sounds like you're on the right track. To just no, I do. I do do the aminos. Um, I started do. I used to do different types of amino, aminos. Um, I think I'm doing Yamamoto Nutrition. Uh, my, my buddy Flex Lewis. I don't know if you guys know who yeah. that is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course we do. Yeah. Uh, Flex is a, he's a funny guy, man. Uh, we, uh, he's really, uh, just doesn't have a lot of muscle mass. So <laughs> he's I guess small. he's moved up in the Olympia, right? He's doing like the he's heavy going heavier. Yeah. He's going heavy. Ooh. He's, he's like, going heavy. He's like Flex 230 going, pounds right now. And yeah. it's just does it. You can't even, you're not even sure what you're looking at anymore. Yeah. I love wow. that guy, man. He t- he hits a... me up whenever I have a fight coming up. He's like, "Hey, man, I'm you know like we're, we're like he is a savage, that guy. Yeah. Amazing. I was hanging out with him, and and I was like, we went we went shopping because we were both in New York for a Bellator fight because he's mm-hmm. a monster athlete, and so and I am as well. And uh, we went shopping. He's like, man, like I have to, I can't buy any shirts because I gotta get my uh, <laughs> I gotta get my shirts like custom. He gets like a triple XL, but then he has to cut it because he's. <laughs> He's about he's a I think he's a little shorter than me. He's he's probably quite a bit shorter than yeah, me. Yeah, he's, a, he's a I think like five than me. four. Or five, but five. he's like, and I was yeah. working out, and I remember we were working out, and he was like, he gave me a he's little amazing. pointers, like just like little things, man, like like no, you gotta flex the pinky or something like that, like for the for just curls, like. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's an amazing guy. He's a he's a really good guy. Uh, yeah, he got me hooked up with the. He told me like, hey, if you want some really good aminos, the Yamamoto ones are gonna nice. be really good. Um, and they've, they've worked really well. I actually feel a difference uh, throughout my workouts and post-workout. And yeah, I, I swear by aminos. Another advantage of aminos is they usually have electrolytes in them. So, oh, you so maybe get some, not, yeah. Yeah, you okay. get some of your salt, you get some of your magnesium mm-hmm. and potassium and stuff like yeah. that from some of that stuff. Yeah. And um, on hot days, I'll, I love starting my day out still fasted, but I'll, I'll just do salt water with lemon. Just to get a, a little That's extra, perfect. extra, yeah, extra get that sodium and get perfect, those, yeah. yeah, get those micronutrients in, you know, let's, yeah. and yeah, there's some days that I feel like that too, you know, and I, how about I'll, sleep, man? It's gotta be, is it tough to sleep? Or are you just dead by the end of the day? It just depends. It just really depends. I started using, um, ZMA. I don't know if you know yeah, what that absolutely. is. Absolutely. Yeah. I started using ZMA and, um, it doesn't make me fall asleep faster or not, but I do feel a difference and how I sleep and my recovery throughout my sleep. Okay. Yeah. I, unfortunately I wasn't able to dig yesterday cause all my stuff is packed up and I'm still unpacking at my house. Um, but yeah, I feel a huge difference with that. Um, and I just, you know, I know that the more I train throughout the day, the, the better I'll be able to sleep at night, even though I'll be tired and I'll be, however I get to, to, to that end of the day. Um, the CMA has actually helped me a lot in recovery. Naps? A lot. Are you able to get a nap I in here? I love napping. <laughs> yeah. I, but it's got to be, it's yeah. got to be like that, like that between, it's got to be like that 30, 30 to 28 minute nap, man. I'm telling you like anything longer. I'm like, I'm sluggish. Done. I'm sluggish. The pad session is going different. Uh, I do add some CrossFit workouts in there. Um, you know, so, and those are mostly in the afternoon. So like if, if, if the nap's too long, I, I won't wake up. I won't bounce back. And that will mess up my sleep at night, too, because I nap too long. So now I'm going to fall asleep at 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. instead of at 11. Does your day start pretty early? For the most part. For the most part. And uh, regardless, it, it always does. Like today, it started very, very early. Um, but regardless, it, it usually does. Most time, 5 or 6 o'clock, yeah. you're getting up and getting moving yeah. on something. I usually, and then if I have a, a train, an early transition, I still have to like walk the dog and do all these things and like, you know, get, I don't ever like rushing. 
Like, I don't like waking up like 10 minutes before I work. I'm back. Even though I live right now, well, I used to, I guess, because I just moved. I live maybe two minutes away from the gym. But I always wake up an hour, an hour and a half early because I like to do my coffee. I like to drink my coffee. And you got to poop because if you walk, drink coffee. And mm-hmm. walk the dog. And I don't like rushing. That's one of my biggest like things. I hate rushing. I hate just being on the go and like the stress that comes from rushing. I'll tell like you how that. stupid I am. I hate <laughs> rushing. Right. But I'm always late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm always rushing. Yeah. I need to get better still. I still got to work on that. And when I'm rushing, actually, lately, like I've been. My grandpa used to tell me this thing that Napoleon said. Napoleon, you know, he, he used to get dressed by his servants and stuff like that. And I never caught this because I was really young. He was like, Napoleon used to say, dress me slowly because I'm in a hurry. <laughs> and that, if you think about that, you make the most mis like, at least for me, I make, I forget things. I, like, I go the wrong, I was like, dress, like, accuracy. Like when you, accuracy. You know, think about what you're doing. Think about the, like it's it's yeah. like it's a big dress thing. Me, dress me slowly so that if we fuck up, yeah, I, I don't have any time to come back and change and anything else because exactly. I didn't. Like I, being, I, I'm in a being rush. cautious when yeah. you're in a rush is huge, mm-hmm. and that's something that literally just clicked for me. Like I was maybe like ten years old. When my grandpa used to tell me, "Like, why is he tell me this?" You know, but now it's like, wow, that applies to a lot of things that I do now in life. You know, so wow, yeah. my wife's. Uh, uh, old boss, she's he used to always say, "You got to slow down when you're going fast." And he had he was a New Yorker and kind of had this, mm-hmm. you know, thick New York accent. Yeah. And he was all about doing everything real fast. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of other people around him thought this is the way we do shit. Like mm-hmm. you do stuff real fast, yeah. but then they would do something and they would do it wrong. Uh-huh. And he said, "Look, yeah. you got to slow down when you're yeah. going fast." Yeah, you know, meaning it's kind of a similar thing that you're talking about. Like let's yeah. let's bring some accuracy yeah. to it, even though I asked you to mm-hmm. move quickly. Efficiency, on this. efficiency yeah. is a big thing. And that's being actually a big theme in, in this camp and this, tra- like just being efficient with my training sessions, being efficient with my days, being efficient with my recovery and my rest days, being efficient with what I eat, you know, just efficiency all around. Yeah. Andrew, uh, what's the quote uh, from John Wooden? If you see if you can look that up, he has a quote about, uh, he has a quote about like slowing down or being efficient or it's something sick. He's just so, you know, he's a freaking legendary coach. Good with that shit. I'll find it. As we look that up, man, uh, as far as recovery is concerned, like, do you do stretching? Do what, what do you do for yourself? Cryo. Cryo? Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I, I haven't in a minute, so I, I would be a hypocrite to tell you that I do it every day. Uh, but cryo, I find cryo to be very, 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 very helpful mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to fighting and everything. Uh, I don't get as much body work as I should. Um, but yeah, I need, I, that's probably one area of improvement that I need. Okay. Uh, recovery. Yeah, it seems recovery. like the, it seems like, uh, the real, the cold therapy is mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. And then if some people do hot and cold where they go back and forth and mm-hmm. I, I've had opportunities to do that before. And it like, even, even if it's only for a little bit, which it kind of feels like it doesn't really last yeah. that long, but yeah. it's a good 10, 20 minutes where you, you kind of feel like someone uh it's almost as if you didn't work out at all yeah. for a little the endorphins bit endorphins are, are yeah your legs are killing you and you crazy, get in yeah. there and it gets rid of all the aches all the pains mm-hmm. and you're like wow like it, that made that big of a difference mm-hmm. like that's yeah. crazy so normally what i used to do i haven't been finding time for it lately mm-hmm. but what makes me feel good is i'll go to cryo then i use the compression boots the norma tech then after that i'll do 20 minutes in the sauna mm-hmm. and that's just such a huge like 
I I'll feel really good after that. I feel like I can I can go back and do another two three hours. Mm-hmm. Is it be quick but don't hurry? There you go. There you go. Yeah, but don't be hurry. quick but don't hurry. Yep, sick. John Wooden. Okay. Um, with uh, with with your um your your fight coming up right now, is it uh, is it a little bit different for you than some of the other fights in the past? I mean, it sounds like you're maturing and growing and learning so much more about yourself mm-hmm. does it does it starting to feel different you know because you were mentioning like a little fighting with some anger and i'm sure you kind of want to use that sometimes mm-hmm. too right to your advantage but you know is it getting different as you te- as you mature yeah i mean i, I look at i look at fighting um like i said it's a it's more of a business transaction there's still the passion the passion is always there mm-hmm. and that's what fuels it and and every day waking up every day and having that goal as we talked about is huge. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's always that, that, that competitiveness that is there and that has to remain, you know, because you want to be better. You want to be better. But what I found is like, I'm not trying to compete with anybody. I'm not, at least now I'm not trying to compete with anyone in the room. I'm trying to compete with myself, man. I'm trying to be better than I was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like, can this Gaston beat the Gaston four years ago? Can these guys, can this Gaston beat the guy that came in, that came in yesterday? That's like that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to progress, but I'm not. Tr- I'm not trying to compete with anyone. Yeah, my opponent is my opponent, and that's that's just another opponent. But I'm trying to this the the path of self improvement is the one that I'm on. Do you get caught up in some stuff here and there where you're like, man, I'm fucking wasting my time. Why am I doing this? Like social media or trying to capture a selfie. Like, do you find yourself going, ah, dude, like. Like we're on a mission here. Like, what the fuck are you doing? You have to definitely, do that to yourself. I've sometimes. definitely been way too cut up in um, in social media before, and this and this affected my relationships with with uh, with previous uh, girlfriends and and people and family. You know, so I finally hit for the first time. I'm really proud of it. I hit less than three hours on my phone. Nice, average. nice. I'm pretty happy about yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's I'm great. Lie. I'm pretty. First happy of all, about I it. I got to commend you on just recognizing it. Yeah, like yeah, fuck, dude. Yeah. Like most people just. They don't want to recognize that it's. That's what am I doing with my time? What yeah. am I like this? I'm trying to. Do, if you're trying to do things, you can't be like essentially like just looking and scrolling. Yeah, you're more interested in people, your phone what, what, than you what are. What other people doing? Yeah, you no, know, that's huge. Like just being able to like be present. That's a huge thing too. Like being present. Like when you're at your grand, when I'm at my grandma's house, like I want to be present. I want to be there when I'm having conversations with people. I want to be present. I want to be there when you're in training. When you're doing things, I want to be present. I want to be there. I don't want to be thinking about, you know, who, who what so-and-so posted or whatever. Like, I want to be present. Yeah. And that's that's why yeah. I, I, I understood finally. You know, and it's, it's still, I mean, it's still like every, I mean, my phone's like, it's right here. Right, right, right. You know, so it's right there. It's yeah. very easy to fall back into it, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm just that, like I said, that awareness. That well, I, people already know how good of a fighter you are, too. So it's not like. Not like you capturing that extra mm-hmm. selfie, even mm-hmm. if it's with the greatest fighter of all time, is mm-hmm. going to really. Yeah. But you just get excited. You get excited about it, so it's it's such, such an easy trap to fall into. It's just so easy to like. Okay, you post one thing, and then you post another one, and you post another one, and you're just scrolling, and like you're not present. And mm-hmm. you see that with this generation so much, everyone's on their phone. You see people on dates, and everyone's on their phone. And I'm telling you right now, I used to be like that, yeah. and sometimes I can be like that. And just being aware of that is what's it's helping me a lot. You know, it's helping me a lot because I don't want to. I don't care to be on my phone like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I use I my phone's a tool. You know, it's getting me to the you know GPS, uh, texting uh, coaches or or whatnot, texting friends. Yeah, hundred uh, percent training partners. But it's a tool, and it should be used as a tool. It shouldn't be your whole life. Yeah, 
and and it's sad that this generation has fallen into that. And I hope that we, you know, we revert back a little bit. Because I mean, like to be honest with you, man, like I'm, I'm pretty pissed that my sis, my my little sisters have Instagram. Mm. Yeah. My 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 brother hits me up on Instagram, and like he's twelve. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have an Instagram when I was twelve. My sister's ten. It's too. What do you have? Yeah. What do you have on Instagram? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't. I was out surfing and training at the, back then. I wasn't worried. I didn't have a phone to worry mm-hmm. about. So yeah. What about? Uh, have you ever got caught up? Have you ever gotten caught up? Uh, like trying to over promote a fight? Like you know, we see that a lot these days in mm-hmm. UFC. You know, like after yeah. they win a fight, it's like WWE sometimes. <laughs> uh, how about any of that stuff? I mean, yeah, I've definitely gotten cut up like fixated on like posting and promoting and like posting myself and like you you can get real like social media can make you be like kind of like fall in love with yourself a little too much yeah, narcissistic sure. yeah uh i've been posting i've been trying to post less and less and you know i besides my sponsors and things like that like duties that i have you know yeah i, I love i love connecting with my fans and i love connecting with people uh, and i've been trying to reply to people more uh people that just hey i'm a huge fan and this and that and like I lo- I, I'm starting to love more like those genuine conversations, like people that actually care about you, mm-hmm. uh, versus just promoting things and just like, like throwing things out there in, in social media. You know, like I like, I like to be a little different than that now. At least I'm finding that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I want I want to know about this man because uh, two things come to mind for me when I think about this. Like the most devastating types of techniques in the ring. Uh, this past weekend, uh, the Israel Costa fight, when he just kept kicking that knee. And then you mentioned that you've like kicked ACLs and just blown them out on people, right? And then also, one thing that I saw, it was the Kamar Usman versus Masvidal, when he was stomping his foot. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. That was the first time I've ever seen somebody stomp somebody's foot. But then it's I was quite thinking, popular, actually, on, it is? among wrestlers. Yeah. Oh among wrestlers. It's, it's, it's quite a technique. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the question again? I'm just curious, like, if you're doing that in a fight, couldn't that potentially just be like, I don't know, career ending? Because I just feel like getting kicked in the knee, it's hard to recover. Even it was post a calf fight. kick too, and and calf kicks have become more popular throughout times. Yeah, uh, it started. Benson Henderson was actually one of the original guys to first do it. Uh, it wasn't as devastating, but he's the first one that I've seen do those calf kicks. Yeah, uh, the more you, the more the damage has shown how like how how effective they are, the more people are throwing them. But it's as simple as just putting your shin out at a at a different angle, and that calf kick becomes your kick in the shin. Ah, uh, is it a kick on the outside or the inside? Don't don't actually kick me. <laughs> <laughs> it, can be, it can go on the inside right here, yep. or it can go on the outside oh, right there. That would just and like I said, the shin the <laughs> shin. Like, Why'd you hit me? <laughs> the shin hitting that calf has become very popular because it makes a lot. How do you like? How do you condition your calf? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. No, you can condition. I can condition my shins. I can condition yeah. my body. I can. I can squat and get stronger. Like I can get kicked. I can condition that. But conditioning calves, that's, and that's why they're so efficient. Mm. You know, and the foot stomps too. How do you condition your your, your the toes. bones in your in your? Like, you can't. Yeah. I don't know a ton about the fight game, but I've been watching it for many many mm-hmm. years, and I just I'm fascinated by it. Like, you know, because. As a kid growing up and and knowing a little bit about like boxing mm-hmm. and then seeing like mm-hmm. wrestling and then seeing the the uh, seeing jujitsu come along and mm-hmm. just it's just really fascinating. Like when someone is doing something like a calf mm-hmm. kick, you're like, oh, okay, well I'll just pick my leg up. Like mm-hmm. not a big deal. Then I won't get kicked in the calf. 
Well, I mean, first of all, you're still getting hit. Yep. And then secondly, now the guy can take you down or yep. the guy can throw another, you know, mm-hmm. fake at you or another move at you or, or whatever. So mm-hmm. it's just like, it just seems like the uh, ultimate chess match. And it seems impossible to ever really gain some real, like, mastery of it. And Kyrian says he always, I remember this, like, like the, like I always remember this when I want it, when I get a little, like, when I get into different like exchanges that I shouldn't be in or like play chess, not checkers, you know, you want to be that assassin. You want to be cold blooded in there. You don't want to have to be emotional you don't want to have to go like, essentially you don't want to do things that you don't want to do, you know? And like, sometimes your ego will get in the way. It's like, no, let's get in the middle and like, let's bang, let's go. Instead of being smart and keeping your distance and, you know, making your opponent fall into your traps, Mm -hmm. you know? So and talking about the evolution of the fight game, it's crazy. Every everyone's well, like it's beautiful to see, uh, starting from you know the, the early days in the yeah. UFC when each fighter was good at one thing, mm. you know, good as a good striker or a good wrestler, and they fought with shoes and geese on and and things. And now seeing the progression and the evolution of it is beautiful. It's beautiful to see how how much the sport has grown. It was the first sport live uh, through COVID. Mm. I mean, that speaks yeah. volumes. That's yeah, the that's only huge. thing that was on. Mm-hmm. That's, that's huge. People need that. Yeah. Yeah. When you're talking about calf kicks, it made me think about an oblique kick. Why the hell is it called that? An oblique kick is completely different than a calf kick. Yeah, no, I know. But I'm just saying, like, it just made me think about that. And I have no idea why it's called an oblique kick. Is the oblique kick the straightforward one? The straightforward. The, yeah. That's the one that John Jones uh, does on the on top of the opponent's knee. Yeah, I was talking. I was talking. Oh, to yeah. God, God! And it's a small, it's a small move, but it can. And, but that's that's another thing. Like you have to see John Jones' body and his composition. He's very tall. He's very long. He's not gonna like, put himself in, in much danger by doing that. Yeah. You know, if I try to do that, and to someone like your height, close in. I'm too close. I'm mm-hmm. gonna get hit. So it's different techniques work different for different fighters. Wow. Huh? Who who is your favorite fighter? Like as you watched fighting over the years and you've participated in it, who's the person like maybe you don't emulate someone, but mm-hmm. maybe like actually there's okay, two questions here. Who would you who would your favorite fighter be? But then also who are the fighters that you look to and you're like, I like kinda like the stuff that they're doing? Mm-hmm. I mean I right and I might sound like I'm jumping on the one bandwagon or whatnot. I love Easy. Easy uh-huh. Israel Azania, mm-hmm. best striker in the UFC right now, best striker in the you know, in the game potentially. Really? Yeah, he's that good. And okay. I've seen him go from his glory days, glory kickboxing days, uh, and fighting Muay Thai before that into what he is now. And his evolution is, is crazy. It's crazy to see how much he he's evolving, how quickly he's risen to the top. So, yeah, he's a fighter I definitely look up to uh, in that way. But I'm a student of the game, and I love watching fighting. And I'm always watching it. I'm always I'm – always wa- every fight, every single – not every single fight, but obviously I try to like analyze and I, at home at night I'll watch different fights too. And yeah, I just, I love the game on this. Like I love watching things and picking up things and like, wow, that worked for this guy. How come they didn't work for that guy? And like, that's, I guess like that's my favorite thing to do is just analyze and, and kind of grow that fight IQ. Uh, and, and you know, with just vision and watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
think Bones Jones is like so ridiculous when you watch him fight. Like sometimes he's like mentioned this before where he's like stole the other guy's superpower or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what the fuck's he talking about? But he kind of does. Like, you know, whatever the other guy was really, really good mm-hmm. at, he just does that back to them and somehow kicks their ass with it. And that's what I'm talking about. He always fights his game plan. He always follows through with that. His opponents are always finding their B fight. You know, they got to go to a different plan. You got to go to a different plan. And what if you didn't train for that different plan and you got to adjust and you're not ready to adjust and you have a guy that is adamant and consistent with what they're doing. It becomes very difficult. No, especially when they're the champion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Him and Adesanya have been going at each other back and forth on Twitter. Yeah. I, that would be a crazy fight. I'd love to see that. Dude, that Cause be I think, I think Izzy definitely has the frame for it. To go up the mm-hmm. weight if he wanted to. He he's definitely gigantic. Has, he, definitely, he definitely has the, the frame. And I think, you know, he's faster. I think I think it'll be a great fight. I think it'll be great, great for the sport. I liked his response to the steroid allegations. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw that, but he was like, you know, if I, I would think I'm on steroids too, the way I like whoop that guy's ass or whatever. I mean, if you look at Paulo, like, and you look at Izzy, yeah. like, to like right. the regular the re- the general public they'll be like oh that guy's gonna win right right but what happened yeah <laughs> right but but real talk everyone like who's thinking Paulo Costa's on steroids he's six one one hundred and eighty five pounds mm-hmm. like he's not massive yeah he, he he's not he's just really really lean it's yeah. just like people don't mm-hmm. ah, it's, I've heard on the Joe, I've heard on 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 Joe Rogan's podcast that he's a He's a like he measures all his food and like all mm-hmm. he does is train and that's all he focuses on, on. Like I don't know personally because I never met him. Yeah, but from what I hear, like it makes sense if you're like that. I don't see why you couldn't get that big and why you couldn't do that. And you know, genetics play a big part into no, it. You know, yeah. like you see people that are at the gym all the time every day and their results are in there or they're not eating right or they're not doing the right things. Mm-hmm. You know, but if if genetics and you know uh, nutrition and sports and everything and activities everything lines up together like i don't see why you couldn't get like that yeah you know you know actually i'm curious about this because a lot of fighters don't really pay much attention to their nutrition they just focus on the fighting and the Mm -hmm. training and that's great Mm -hmm. for you um because kirian was always like in your corner Uh did you always have like a good nutrition going for you or did you no no man i mean i used i was a kid when i started so I will have times like Karen will pick me up. And be like, hey man, we're fighting this weekend. I'm like, cool. I'm eating ice cream right now, so let's go. <laughs> yeah. Let's go cut five, ten pounds, whatever we got to do, and like mm-hmm. we'll rehydrate and like refeed however we I needed to. You know, it was yeah. there was no science to it. You know, there was just and then he started coming up with different things. You know, and like we you learn it's trial and error like anything else. You know, you learn and then the the higher you get up in the game. And the the harder it becomes to cut weight and keep that weight down and the the different goals that you have, like mm-hmm. maybe I want to be really ripped or in, maybe, you know, I want to just get bigger and cut down from there. Like it yeah. depends on what, what goals you have. But yeah, nutrition is a huge factor, huge, huge factor because you are what you eat. And if you're eating like shit, you're not going to feel very good. You're not going to perform very good. And that's at least that's what I found. Do you like coaching people? I love coaching, man. I love coaching. One day... um, you this know, guy's like, he's training for five hours and he's like <laughs> coaching people in between. Yeah. The last time I was at his gym, I was like, how, how, this house is possible. The guy's a savage. I find transferring knowledge fascinating. Fascinating. Like being able to like have the words that click to a person and ha- seeing that like, yep, I got it. 
Or when it doesn't, right? Or when it doesn't. You say you something, you're to, like, how did they interpret it that way? And what are they then doing? you have to find different ways and, or different <laughs> right. analogies. Like, I love uh, Darren Oyama. Or in, or in Oyama he's a, he's a, he uses a lot of analogies with me. Like, surfing, he surfs too. So, he uses different, mm. like, you got to get up like it's like a wave. You know, you got to, and, like, that clicks for me. So, mm-hmm. me seeing how it clicks for me with it, with him or with co- with different coaches that I have is it's fascinating. It's fascinating to like see that. It'd be like, wow, like that clicked for me. And like being able to transfer that to someone else, like being able to have that, that's huge. Yeah. Gotcha. That's how I feel about coaching. I love coaching. Uh, I don't have as much time for it as I, I wish I could, you know, but I do mm-hmm. help a few guys in the amateur team. And I, I do love coaching practices. When, when Karen's out of town, I'm going to, there's a high chance that I'm going to be coaching. Uh, the practice, whatever it is, whether it's a striking or uh, sparring or whatever it is, there's a high chance that I'm, and I love doing it. I love, I love uh, being able to do that uh, when I have a chance. Yeah. Do you think it might be something you will move into, uh, you know, when you, as you get older and can't fight anymore? I don't know, man. Fighters are complicated, <laughs> myself included. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's a ro- fighting's crazy. It's a roller coaster of emotions and, and it's a lot to deal with. Yeah. I would love to one day be able to like have a few fighters, but, have a huge fight team i don't know man like i want to have a family eventually i want to have kids <laughs> mm-hmm. and i don't want my vo- my world to revolve around just fighting you know i want to retire by the time i'm 34 i don't want to keep doing this forever gotcha you no know, i have goals i have things that i want to do yeah. how, how many fights can you or do you ideally try to take a year this year hopefully i mean i had that one fight in february Unfortunately, COVID happened. I'll probably be at three fights now and maybe one more. Mm-hmm. Uh, ideally, f- three to four is ideal. Beautiful. You know, given the camps and the time in between. And I don't gain too much weight in between camps, so it's nice. Uh, and I don't get out of sh- I-, I live in the gym, basically. You know, I-, I love taking little vacations here and there. But, yeah, I, I love the gym. It's, it's what I-, I was brought up in that environment. So that's what I do. You know, whether it's a workout or a crossfit workout or maybe you know maybe we'll squat today or mm-hmm. maybe we just hit some mitts or hit the bag like i've always been you know around the gym so i, lo- I ideally three to four fights nice yeah. are your uh are your parents excited you know that like what you've become and what you've been able to and what you've been able to do that must Man, be my, pretty yeah. amazing for them to have seen that your progress my dad's my one of my biggest fans man he's uh every time he's always excited <laughs> and like he gets more emotional than i do you know <laughs> And my mom's always like I I left I left Peru and I left my mom when I was thirteen. But we've always kept communication, obviously. But she kind of like didn't realize like what I what I was doing until I was she, I was fighting in I fought in Peru a couple times and she saw like what was going on. She's like, oh, you're signing okay. autographs and stuff. Yeah, and they're like, wow, okay, this is what we're doing now. So she kind of like just my mom just kind of goes in with variety, yeah. you know, and like she's always like, hey, I wish you the best, you know. My grandma's a huge supporter as well. She's <laughs> there for every fight, man. Uh, my grandma, man. Oh, that's that's cool. Arm. She's uh, that's when she oh. was uh, back in the fifties. She's she was like a, kick his ass. She was a, she was a flight <laughs> attendant uh, in the fifties, and only yeah, the prettiest cool. women were allowed to do the job back then uh, in Peru. So that's, that's cool. When, that's when she met my grandpa. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the ladies, they don't the the mom and grandma. They're not like uh, squeamish about you getting hit. I mean, my my grandma see me getting getting knocked out. She see me getting tapped out. Like she's yeah. not tapped out. She see me get choked out. Oh, and she's always there after. And she's like, "I love you," and you know, like she's always. And she for her to see that, yeah, it show. I think it shows how much how much of a supporter she can be. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, my grandma, my mom will probably like no. Like my mom <laughs> right. wouldn't be able to see that. 
my dad just kind of my dad gets angry if I lose. He's happy when I win, you know. But I've always had great support from my family, That's awesome. uh, and obviously Kieran being Kieran and Jessica being my family as well. They've always supported me uh, through all that. MJ MJ as well. I love when people don't understand it very well, and they're like, "What happened?" And you're like. <laughs> I got smoked. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. fuck, man. Like, shit's hard. Well, why, yeah. did, why didn't you hit him? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're like, ah, oh, just. Yeah, people you know. ask you that all the time. And <laughs> and you learn how to deal with, right. you know, like, and things not to piss you off so much. Because there's people that literally hit you up. You're about to fight two hours. Like, hey, where's it? What's the address? And like, dude, I'm fighting in two hours. Like, mm-hmm. why are you asking? And it's like, hey, can I still buy tickets? And I'm like, <laughs> Or after same thing like what yeah, happened? I get him for free, bro. What happened? What do you do to him? Like and yeah, people yeah people always trying to get things for free. I thought well, you trained really yeah. well. What happened, bro? Why, why didn't you do the elbow thing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, you you, you help people understand and you you communicate. Uh, so you know, they, I mean, everyone's come to support you. You know, it's always mm-hmm. a beautiful thing. You know, win or win or lose, you know, you always have that support system behind you. At least yeah. I've always had, and I'm thankful for that. I'm truly blessed that I'm in the position that I'm in. I'm truly blessed that I have the people that I have surrounding me. Uh, and I'm truly blessed to be in this journey, man. I'm happy. I love what I do. I wake up every day. Sometimes I wake up really sore, yeah. but I wake up every day, uh, you know, with that passion and that drive. And I hope that, you know, that doesn't go away. I'm trying to keep it there. I'm trying to keep that fire active. And I feel like it's reignited lately. Mm. You know, I feel like I'm truly like in a different path mm. now and I'm happy. You know, I can't say that I know a lot of fighters, but I don't know any notable Peruvian fighters. So mm-hmm. being that like your family's back there, are you, do you have any plans on doing anything in terms of Peru as far as fighting I had is concerned? A gym. I have a gym. Oh. I had a gym. Uh, if you can pull up Fight Lab uh, Peru, uh, that's a gym. It was a, it's a beautiful gym in the 20th floor of uh, one of the nicest buildings in, in Lima. Wow. Uh, we have a gym over there. Unfortunately, COVID has a, hit us a little harder than we wanted to mm-hmm. uh things over there were pretty rough uh people were locked on lockdown full lockdown mm-hmm. everyone for months and now gyms are still can't open so we're trying to figure out a way but i mean yeah man i i see myself going in different avenues you know with this and i i every time i'm, I'm in peru I, I always try to do a seminar or a free seminar and like or try to bring clothes with me and give it to the kids that are just getting started. Whether whether this is their path or not, uh, a little motivation can go a long way for anyone in any in any given day. So yeah, I I, I love going. Uh, I used I lived in the north for a little bit in the north of Peru, and it's very poor. There's a very poor area. And last time I went there, I I um I was able to bring a few of my uh like twenty or thirty pairs of shorts that I don't use anymore. And I was just hanging them out and they were so happy, man. And like seeing the, see, being able to do that for someone is huge, man. It's huge. It's, it's beautiful to, to be able to do that for people. And that's, that's the kind of, that's the kind of person that I want to become and do it in a larger, larger scale. Now that's ideally, you know, being able to do that in Peru and maybe have a non nonprofit or, in, or something like that. It's something that, that can support kids and motivate kids to do that. You know, that's, that's where I see myself going in the future with that. Have you uh, gotten happier over the years? Like, did you like you've mentioned the word happy a couple times? Yeah. And you feel really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, previously, did yeah. you have a hard time finding that? Well, man, I've been married and divorced. I've been through relationships. Uh, you know, I loved my mom when I was thirteen. I've had that. I've had you know my parents divorced when I was eight. Um, I was just able to squash that lately with them. You know, so I'm. I feel like I'm finally at a moment that I can be like 
flowing. Cool. You know, I finally feel like I got there. You know, I'm still working every day. It's a, it's a constant work and it's a constant battle every day to not be how you were, you know, previously, you know, I've, I've been a shitty person. I've done shitty things and being able to like understand that and not just kind of like throw like, it's fine. <laughs> like, no, like there's a reason you act different ways. So being able to understand that and comprehend that. And like I said, trial and error and like being able to like actually address the issues is what I'm working towards right now. And I'm still working, man. I, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a never ending, ending journey, you know, much like the martial arts and like they, they both go so hand, hand in hand mm-hmm. life and martial arts and fighting is so, it can be so similar, you know, of the things that can happen to you in life and the things that can happen to you in the gym or in the octagon or the cage. Um, so yeah, just trying to like, just trying to balance it out, man. Just trying to find a little balance here. I always think that, uh, you know, working on yourself is a full-time job. Definitely. You know, it's something you got to do every day, and it's something you got to take very seriously, and it's, mm-hmm. uh, it can be hard. It be hard to have easy, perspective. And, and, and a lot of people don't want to look in the mirror, man. Essentially, like, it's hard to, it's hard. It's hard to look in the mirror, and it's hard to, like, see and look at those ugly traits and face them on, you know? Much like it's hard to, like, hear that you suck at a certain thing in fighting. Hey, why are you getting taken down constantly? You can tap that. Why are you getting hit with that constantly? Same thing. I got to improve that. Same thing in life. No. Nope. So, retirement at thirty four. What's the uh, what's the roadmap look like? I mean, I'm just giving you a date. You know, I mean, just giving mm-hmm. you a number. Really, like, I, I just know I don't want to fight forever. I don't want to mm-hmm. be a forty year old fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, if if things are well by then and I'm still going and I can take a couple fights a year, yeah, of course I'll keep fighting. But um, I just don't want it to be my the center of my life for so many years, you know. So I'm like, I want to focus on on other things. I want to have a family eventually, you know. I want to be, I want to be more of a leader, and and you can't do that while you're, you know, it's a, you're you're very self involved when you're a fighter. Everything's about you. Everything yeah. else is just components. But everything like the camp's all about you. Is what you can you bring to the table every day. And what are you going to bring to the table when it comes to that fight? So I don't want to do that forever, man. No, yeah. I want to be a little less selfish uh, later in life. And I feel like for other sports, it, it's it's got to exist. But what is it about fighting that people will like straight up live in their cars just so that way they can train? Mm. Like, and it, it's such a you just said it yourself earlier. Like, you're like, yeah, it's scary. Like, I don't want to go and fight somebody else, but to put some for somebody to put themselves through something like that mm-hmm. and be willing to give up everything what is like what is that all about because like i don't see somebody living in their car to play basketball you know what I mean? like mm-hmm. you don't see that it don't, i really only hear about it with fighters well i think it's such a thing like fighting is not something that you do in high school it's not something that you do like it's not like you're not brought up on it you know like basketball football like you do in high school even wrestling mm-hmm. soccer those are things that you do like as you grow you know and some people play in college or some people go go to college and then eventually professional or whatnot fighting something that you kind of like i've most people that i've heard like they just find it or it finds them and they fall in love with it and they're willing to live in their cars and they're willing and that and that passion is there man and i'm telling you when that passion is there doesn't matter if you're eating top ramen or not. You're going to show up and you're going to do everything you need to do so you can be successful. You know? 
Yeah. And I saw that when I went to Jackson Wink and just seeing like some of the fighters there, they, you know, they live in like kind of a dorm. It's a dorm, yeah. Type it's a of dorm thing. Over there. They live at the gym, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's just they don't they don't care. They love it. Like they, I mean, they really are. Mm-hmm. They're um, they're more than happy to be there. Like they're yeah. really fucking pumped that they earned yeah. a spot to yeah. be there and the conditions that they live in. Uh, not that they're gross or anything, but they would be really difficult, you know, to live to live amongst a bunch of other fighters have the same goal as you, and to kind of, you know, it's almost like uh, it's almost like the Ultimate Fighter like reality show. Mm-hmm. But they're living it every yeah. day. Like yeah. shit, man, I would be a very competitive uh, environment, and to share uh, a space with so many other people would be really tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen people like my friend Diego Lamas and his wife Mariana Lamas. Uh, they're from Mexico. One day they just showed up at the gym. Like, yeah, we, we live here now. Live in the gym? No, like we just we move here. Okay. We're gonna and they made it work. Wow. They made it work. Shit. They found a jobs. They found a place to live, and they made it work. And there's so many stories like that. Right. right. People just show up because Kieran, we don't have dorms at the gym. Kieran's like, you want to be here? You if you want to be here, you'll be here. Right. That's how he is. Mm-hmm. If you want to be here, you'll be here. And lo- and a lot of people really want to be there, man. Yeah. Awesome, man. Great having you on the show today. Thank you for uh, coming in. We got to have you stop by some more because uh, Dude, I, yeah. you know, you're coming down to train a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm here once or twice a week. I've been working uh, with Danny Castillo a lot at uh, Uriah Favors Gym. I know all the guys there. Uh, it's been a great addition to my training, man, like I said. and uh, But yeah, man, we I'd love to come sometime and then uh, we can do a little lifting as well. Yeah, you know? That'd be some cool. box squats. We don't have to bench. <laughs> I mean, we can bench, but we got to do a lot of pull-ups too. There That's fine with me. <laughs> there you go. Where can people find you? Uh, at Dreamkiller, Dreamkiller underscore Bolanos on Instagram. Dreamkiller underscore Bolanos, B-O-L-A-N-O-S. And then who's the guy you're fighting coming up? Uh, I think we're still waiting on a bout agreement. Ah. We're for sure fighting. Uh, there's a couple names out there, but we're still waiting on the on the actual bout agreement. But I know for sure I'll be on that card. Like, and then do you, do you have a, a, a handful of fights that are going to be set up through Bellator that you're going to be doing? I am a, a Bellator uh, contracted fighter. So my next few fights, I have a contract. Uh, I have a few more fights on my contract. I don't know exactly how many uh, my manager manages that. Uh, Carrying. <laughs> and then who's the champion in, in that in this particular weight class? That you're uh, at 145 is Patricio Pitbull, and at 135 is my friend Juan Archuleta. So I'm still coming down mm-hmm. on, on, on those two weight classes and trying to figure out where I fit best at. Mm. Uh, but yeah. Have you had to fight friends before? Have you had to fight like Kevin and stuff like that? or I mean, we... Obviously in the room, obviously little, training. Little story, I know we're almost done, but okay. Kevin beat my ass for years. <laughs> Years since I was eighteen. Yeah. You know, he came to the gym and like that was it, man. Like every day, get up, get up, get up. And that's what made me, you know, it, that that's, that was a, another great like Kieran Brock I mean, Kevin wanted to be at the gym, but Kieran made everything possible so Kevin would be at the gym and that made me a, a better fighter. And I hope that I can do that for somebody else, you know. That's cool. Yeah. Let's be the guy that kicks their ass every day. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, it's tough tough love, man. Like that that's you know, that's it's a real thing. Yeah. Tough love. Like fuck. <laughs> I had to, I had to become better. Mm-hmm. Or I like I wouldn't I had to evolve. And that was the only way. I couldn't just keep getting my ass beat every day by him. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had to become better. I had to become stronger. I had to lift. I have to run. I have to do all these things so that I can be better. I can be a better training partner for that person and not just a uh, you know, and then you guys never had an official fight together. No, 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 no. We never. I've never f- had to fight a friend. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, I'm, and I've never had to fight anybody from the gym. Kieran will never allow that. Mm. But yeah. Yeah, it'd be a tough position to be put in. Yeah. People do it all the time, though. I mean, you yeah. see, like, camps like Jackson Wink or American Top Team, like, they they don't care. They'll just do it. So It's just part of it. I guess you do spar against each other all the time, so yeah, I mean, it's just a notch yeah. above that. Yeah. Right? I wouldn't fight anybody that I train with. Yeah. I wouldn't. Just, why? Just because. Yeah. No point. It, it's it, always going to be weird after that. <laughs> yeah, did Kevin hit you with that? Uh, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know what it's called, but when he just, like, sweeps your legs right off. Oh, man, I've been swept. I <laughs> uh, need, like, everything. And, that shit you know, looks brutal when he just, like, fucks people up and they're just, like, head over heels all of a yeah. sudden. <laughs> yep. I mean, I've definitely been there before, and I'm thankful for it. Thank you. Kevin, Soul Assassin, thank you so much. Love you, bro. <laughs> both have sick nicknames. Yeah. Soul Assassin. God. Yeah, that's Kevin Ross is a fucking savage, dude. He's, he's actually so the cool. one that taught me the spinning elbow like that, the way I landed it. Makes yeah. sense. Oh, wow. He uh, okay. he he taught me that, and it ended up sticking a little better with me. But he, I mean, he lands it. He's landed a few few fights as well. I don't I don't know if he's ever had a knockout like that or like mm-hmm. that split like that. But I learned it from him. I applied it differently, but yeah, I learned it from him. And then I just been drilling it and drilling it constantly with carrying it for all these years mm. i can land it i can land it in sparring without having to land it and just getting this close to your face <laughs> and just pulling wow <laughs> that's like some crazy reflexes though to be able to pull that back like, just like right there yeah just being able to show it but that's what helps the timing of it right mm-hmm. that's what makes the timing better you can mm-hmm. do it but you can that's when i feel like you can master something when you can do it slow and composed but you can also do it really hard mm. you know when you have that technique and when you find that balance of okay this works here this works there yeah and you can actually execute it and you can execute it any way possible whether it's slow and technical and just showing it or whether it's hard in a fight in front of fourteen thousand people at the sap center mm-hmm. you know it just <laughs> depends which which one's going to be but if you drilled it properly if you've done it how you need to do it you know it'll be there gotcha yeah. take us on out of here andrew Yes, sir. Uh, thank you, everybody, for checking out today's episode. Thank you, everybody, for the uh, the, the chat room and the, on the live stream. Shout out to everybody that's competing tomorrow at uh, uh, Adamant Barbell, I think it's called. Sounds right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I was talking to uh, to Brian, who's competing. He trains here at, at ST. So good luck to everybody there. Um, please make sure you guys are following the podcast at Mark Bell's Power Project on Instagram, at MB Power Project on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, we're all over the place trying to think if there's anything else i don't think so my instagram is at i am andrew z in sema where can people find you i didn't see my on instagram and youtube i didn't see my yin yang on twitter mark i'm at mark smelly bell strength is never weakness weakness is never strength catch y'all later